Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Hello again, now at a time of almost full employment and with a huge surplus to play with, the big picture might have started to look almost boomy. But enter the Fiscal Advisory Council, which was pretty clear in its warnings to government this week, strongly advising they be prudent in their budgetary decisions, particularly around tax. One man watching the economy with interest is Martin Shanahan. You might recall he was the head of the Industrial Development Agency up until late last year and he's just taken up a position now in the private sector as head of industry and foreign direct investment at the global consulting company Grant Thornton. I've been speaking to him about a whole range of matters uh, economic, beginning with his view on what the risks currently are in terms of continued inward investment to Ireland. Like all jurisdictions, there are positives and there are uh, challenges and areas that we can uh, improve on. I suppose on on the plus side, because, you know, it is a mixed bag. On the plus side, stability, hugely important economically and uh, politically in Ireland uh, has that. The pro-enterprise policies that we've had for many years and the stability around those, and particularly in areas like tax, hugely important. That uh, that continues. Uh, so th- there are lots of good things which investors have come here from, which continue and will continue to attract uh, investment. On the challenge side, clearly the economy has grown very rapidly. And we can see the carrying capacity of the economy faltering as a result of that uh, growth. And that's areas like housing, areas like uh, energy, areas like infrastructure, uh, costs in in some areas. They they are the things which, you know, won't be assisting us at the moment in terms of attracting investment. Let's start with issues people would be familiar with. The rate of tax, the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council giving its verdict on, you know, not taking measures that might stimulate the economy at a time of high inflation, namely income tax cuts. Where does income tax stand in terms of investor decisions about attracting talent into Ireland? The income tax rate is important. There's no question about that. And, you know, I think I've been clear right throughout my time that relatively Ireland is disadvantaged by its current uh, high rate of income tax and also the level at which it kicks in at. So relatively, if we look at it across countries, Ireland isn't as attractive as other uh, jurisdictions. All right. And by the way, I understand the fiscal advisory's point about adding to the economy. I mean, this is a balance that government is going to have to now strike. Anything that is done in the budget, either on the capital or current expenditure, runs the risk of adding to an already inflationary, inflationary environment. And at the other side of that, we have to do things to make sure that the economy continues to perform, that we continue to attract investment, because that is going to pay for a lot of the things that, you know, governments want to do. Who's our main competitor for the type of FDI, as you say, foreign direct investment that you're talking about? Unfortunately, the competitor number has grown. So it's everybody in some respects. And, you know, before... Like we tracked a lot of investment, about 70% of it from North America. And the first thing that companies have to decide is to come out of North America. And many states in the US making attractive offerings to these um, countries. Yeah, like Texas is offering more competitive taxes than California. There's a drift there. Florida also offering lower All income of these tax states. rates. Look, can can look, we compete looking. with that? I, I think we can because companies actually, you know, if they want to service a European market or an EMEA market, they, they really do have to get into the market. And Ireland, they're using as the base. But if you look within Europe, the UK traditionally was the 
number one location for investment coming into Europe. France is vying very hard for that now. France would not have been on the radar if we were having this discussion in 2014 when I joined IDA. Basically, Ireland and everybody else is fishing in a, a smaller pool. So it is extraordinarily competitive out there as we try to And win what's investment. attractive there? Because, you know, people ultimately have to live somewhere. The Taoiseach said that housing is a drag when trying to attract people into Ireland. I mean, that goes back, I think, as far as even 2018, that was a factor. So how much of a factor is that? I, I mean, it's it's clearly a detractor now in in the in trying to, to attract what, To what extent would you? Uh, I, I, well, again, you know, wh- when I look at the the figures for the, for the last couple of years, I mean, we've had exponential growth in FDI. I mean, literally record level upon record level. So on the one hand, while we know in talking to the companies that it is a drag on investment, on the other hand, companies are still making decisions for Ireland within this. And uh, But is it having inflationary pressures on people? Are people making bigger wage demands on their employers as a result of how much they have to put into the cost of accommodation? Uh, undoubtedly is feeding true uh, to that. And, uh, you know, the types of investments that Ireland is attracting are higher value uh, investments with, with higher skills and higher wages associated with them. But again, I go back to, you know, Ireland is winning about 3% of the investment coming into uh, Europe. We have a population which is about 1.1% of Europe. We're, we're winning about 3%, uh, or three times the investment we might expect. And and that's in all sectors. If we focus on the sectors we're actually competing in, we're winning probably six to eight times the investment. So w- while undoubtedly these things are uh, detractors, and again, very difficult for people who are seeking housing and both for cost and availability and so on, it would be hard to argue, on the other hand, that it has been detrimental entirely to investment, given that we continue to win investment. But is it a growing part of where the decision making? Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly. I mean, I, like it is again. You know, we have most of the the key companies in all of these sectors in Ireland. They know intimately what the issues are. They're feeling them every day. Anybody who's in business knows that one of the difficulties of hiring staff is, how, you know, them finding somewhere that, uh, approximate to live. How much is clout a part of people's decision to locate in Ireland? Because the sheer size of the multinational sector in Ireland, it's achieved quite a bit of critical mass. I think, you know, 30% of the corporation tax take between 2017 and 2021 in the hands of paid by, you know, three corporations. Multinationals are 32% of all of the jobs in in the economy. So with that kind of impact on the economy comes influence. Is that kind of influence attractive to companies, the role they could play potentially in decision makings in an economy? I suppose as I look at it, firstly, I mean, FDI is hugely important to the Irish economy. Okay, and it has been overwhelmingly positive for the Irish economy. Well, but FDI knows that, doesn't it? I, I think, you know, but FDI is disparate as well. You know, I mean, when we speak about FDI, we're talking about 1,700 companies that operate. Sure, but you've got here. an organisation so, like the American Chamber, for example, which, you know, is an umbrella organisation. So it's conscious of the, of the weight. Yeah, that, I, I, but, but I mean, I think I, if I was to turn that around, for a country that has done so well from uh, foreign direct investment and continued flows of foreign direct investment. And like, just to put it in perspective, you know, about 80% of corporation tax comes from multinationals. They put about 30 billion a year into the economy through pay materials and services, buying from Irish uh, companies. 80% of all exports come from. I mean, if, if those companies didn't have a dialogue with the state, with the policy system, uh, with government, there would be a, a, an issue. Uh, and when the Fiscal Advisory Council has said that the reliance 
on uh, foreign direct investment carries with it a risk, particularly on, on certain sectors, tech and pharma. There is a heavy reliance on FDI. There isn't a, an inherent risk in the economy having this amount of FDI. In fact, most countries would give their several limbs for this type of uh, FDI. There is a risk in relying, for instance, on the corporation tax that comes from that for current expenditure when it isn't guaranteed into the future. But give, I, I mean, the levels that FDI is contributing, there isn't an inherent risk from that. I, I would also argue that FDI is probably stickier than people imagine in the sense that, you know, there's this idea that their uh, decisions can be made at a stroke of a pen and FDI will move. A lot of the FDI has been here for years, decades in many cases, continues to to reinvest. And some of those global decisions are now being made in Ireland uh, around what the global footprint looks like. All right. What about data centres? There's been no new data centres offered a connection to the grid since 2021. 65 out of 70 of them are around Dublin. There's been kind of the demands that are placed on, on, on the grid have been a cause of concern. And Is it sustainable just to say no more of them, in your view, if we, if we I, want I, to attract I, inward I, I, investment in th- the tech sector? Th- that decision it can be made, but it has impacts. Uh, that, uh, you know, so we, we can... So spell it out. What is the impact of having well, well, the impact no more is, connections I, to the grid I, for I data I mean, the centers? impact ultimately will be if, if you know... M- technology multinationals can't continue to build out their data centres in Ireland. There will be an impact on the types of functions and roles that they put into Ireland. And many of the the functions and roles that are here are connected to that data centre. I mean, whether it's around uh, privacy, where they hold the data, whether it's around the heavy engineering that goes with these uh, types of activities. And I suppose it is one less string to our bow. Now, that doesn't mean that, again, everything will uh, move. It just means that we become less attractive. In your new role, so you're just you're working for for Grand Thorns. You're going to be working with them on clients who've made a decision to work in Ireland. But ultimately, those clients are looking to make business decisions. So, is your advice Irish specific and saying you should locate here because and showing them the advantages of locating in Ireland, or are you advising clients on their bottom business line and saying you know what maybe. There are other places we should look at with other relative advantages. Yeah, well, I hope the two things will be very much aligned, uh, Colm, in that, you know, I, I'm, I've joined Grant Thornton Ireland as a, a partner head of industry and in FDI. You know, it is to advise companies on their FDI um, strategies, but also to support them on the strategies that they are currently employing. I suppose from my knowledge and from what we've been speaking about, Ireland will often be the solution. And sometimes it won't. And, you know, no more so than... When the IDA goes out and when I was in the IDA, we went out to market Ireland. If something objectively Ireland isn't the best place, it isn't the best place. And it's not actually in your best interest as a, as a country, as IDA, as a professional services organisation to, to market something that you, you can't be delivered on. And you go with the facts of the situation. And, and where you identify a problem and if a company said, well, Ireland could make sense, but we need X problems sorted. Are you the point man that goes to government or your former colleagues in the IDA and says, look, we have a potential client here, they're looking to expand, but here's the wish list if they're going to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think no more so than, again, uh, when I was in the role in IDA. I mean, IDA does a lot of that and and, and we will assist in doing that and we will provide the services. We, We will assist. 
Sure, but I mean, I suppose comparatively speaking, Grant Thornton is a, is a, is a smart company, you know, as evidenced by the fact that you know they've employed you, but they're employing you for a particular, you know, for a particular reason. Yeah, and, and that and you that re- hold within you a lot of institutional memory from 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 the idea. Yeah, and just just to be clear, I mean, in terms of what I will be doing, I will be working with colleagues in Grant Thornton to uh, you know how we think about sectors, how we think about growing our business with foreign direct investment and indeed Irish uh, companies. Uh, Biden versus Trump. What's a better outcome for inward investment into Ireland? You, you, you know, Colin, the nature of this is that regardless of what the next uh, administration will be, Ireland will have to deal with that administration. Uh, any preference? Uh, now, now, now that you're no longer in the IDA and connected in any way to, to, to the state, is there, I mean, on, on an objective analysis on what their relative intentions are, is there a better outcome for Ireland? Colm, I will still be doing business in the in the US that I plan to visit regularly and uh, whoever the next administration is, uh, we will continue to deal with them. Martin Shannon uh, demonstrating his diplomatic skills there uh, garnered in the Industrial <coughs> Development Agency speaking to me earlier. Well, let me remind you of the panel this week. You've been listening to all of that with interest. Fianna Fáil Minister of State at the Department of Transport, Jack Chambers, Labour Party TD, Duncan Smith and Dr Emma Howard, who's an economist at Technical University in Dublin. To you first, Jack Chambers. We know there will be an income tax cut in the budget. We don't know what the magnitude is or what the nature of it will be. But to what degree was that decision influenced by the considerations outlined by Martin Shannon, the need for big multinational corporations to attract talent. I, I think, look, we've a, we're clear in terms of our tax planning that we want to give people um, and your, your ordinary punters a break, working people who are um, who are seeing increases in their, their daily costs every day of the week, give them a break. And I think um, we have a we have. A, a lot of people enter the upper rate um, at an early stage in their in terms of their overall income, but we want to get the balance right and it's not all about income tax. A lot of people who are paying a lot of income tax um, every day want to see return for in terms of services that they want to receive in their daily lives. So would it not be better spent on services? I mean, a thousand euro at the cost of thousand euro uh, a year at the cost of 1.5 billion to the exchequer is going to give people 80 quid a month. That puts a dent maybe in a third of the family shopping bill every week. And that's why we have to be be careful in how we construct a budget and that's why we haven't that's why it's a sophisticated process that requires balance and careful consideration. And what the government is trying to do is make sure we, we plan for the, the long term future, that we we keep some of the excess corporation tax that we have in terms of a savings fund so that we uh, plan for the future, ensure we invest in, in, in capital to get delivery and so that the carrying capacity of the state can be strengthened, that we strengthen the role right. of the but, state. But the ordinary punters, and, you call them, also known as, as the voters, are they... Are they the primary consideration in the tax cut or to what degree have large multinational corporations shaped our tax policy in this regard? Well, I think if, if we've, we've relative to a lot of, going to Martin's point, we're, we're quite a relative to a lot of probably competitor countries. We have a higher income tax um, regime compared to other countries. It's not about... You know, I wouldn't say multinationals are are impacting at what we're deciding on on income tax. Um, the overall construct of a budget, as I've said, is about striking the balance. What's clear clear to people that I meet, it's about people, it's about citizens, people in in communities, is they want to see better services and return on services. They want to see you know investment in so we get more schools, and reduced re- reduction in waiting lists, right. and more affordable housing, which was the other point that he referenced. And we have to ensure we build a better state. That okay, can, that, 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 that can, that's that, that's, that, that's that, a longer. 
long-term measure, I suppose you can you can pull a lever on tax in the autumn and make but the that reason, happen. The reason housing, we have these, but just to say as well, an important point, the reason we have these levers is the strong economic management of the likes of Minister Michael McGrath um, that shouldn't be taken for granted, ensuring we've got core uh, uh, pro-enterprise policies that deliver surpluses, that gives us the flexibility to invest in the future. And that isn't a fluke that should that, that could be taken for granted. All right, Duncan Smith, the 1.5 billion roughly cost of giving people a tax break that would give them a thousand euro a year. Not all people, I suppose, because there's a certain mm-hmm. I- income limit there that that, that that kicks in on it. Where does Labour Party stand on that? Look, I mean, our concern is that uh, it's about getting this back. It's obviously the government on a path that they're going to make this cut or a cut. Uh, but we're in a situation where our public services are still in need of investment and improvement and systematic change across health, across housing. I found what Martin Shannon said there. I found the most compelling thing he said was the lack of housing because that's cutting across all swathes of the economy, all levels of workers, particularly low-paid workers, uh, and that's something that we need to see focused on. So, right, uh, but again, the, the housing thing—the housing thing is a is a long-term investment issue. Workers have to be got. The whole sector has to be ramped up. I mean, the issues of it are are deep and manyfold. The other issue he mentions is income tax and Ireland's competitiveness on that level. If it's within the gift of the government to improve the offering of Ireland in the autumn on that level, is it not worth considering? He, he mentioned that, but like I mean, he, it's probably an evergreen claim for someone in his position, be it in his new position uh, as you know, head government lobbyist for Grant Thornton or previously in the IDA, I'd say if you go back in time, every uh, uh, multinational corporation But it's different now, isn't it? Because we've, we're, we're no, at a time of it, full employment. It's harder to attract talent into an he, economy he, where the labour market is he's tighter. Also, he's also saying like we're performing really well. We're getting 3.2% of all investment, only 1.3% of the population. You know, like, so the, the I, I didn't find what he said about tax the most compelling part of what he said there at, at all. And my concern, and it's a concern shared by the SRI and uh, the Fiscal Advisory Council, is that uh, any overreach in terms of tax cut could have an impact on the inflationary cycle and could make things even worse. All right. You're, you're the National Lottery independent scrutineer here, Dr. Emma <laughs> Howard. To cut or not to cut, will it do much good or will it do harm if income uh, 1.5 billion worth of an income tax cut was to be injected into the economy come budget time in an inflationary environment? Yeah, I, I think as um, the governor of the central bank and the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council has warned, you know, we need to be really careful about tax cuts um, and expansionary fiscal policy that is working against monetary policy to drive down inflation. So, you know, we know the ECB are going to raise interest rates uh, they've, they've indicated at least two more rises and they're going to stay high for some time. And that is to try and counteract inflation. And if the government is driving inflation with tax cuts, that's that's going to end up um, right. meaning these go on for longer. I think another really important point... Very briefly, yeah, if you can, yeah. On, um, on tax cuts is that, we yes, we enter in at a very low low rate in comparison to other countries in terms of the higher rate of tax, but we, do, we have a really progressive tax system mm. and it does a really good job of ensuring um, more equality in disposable income in this country. We have one of the highest wage inequalities in Europe. Um, uh, so it, it does a good job of, of redistributing okay. those those wages. All right, well, we, we, we'll find out what the decision on that tax cut is in the autumn. But one element of spending we know is coming down the tracks is a potential deal on asylum seekers in the European Union. We're going to have a look at that after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.